You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastromitz, and this is our weekly look at the Cleveland Indians. I am joined, as I am each and every week, by Jordan Bastian and JB. Uh, hard to know whether to start with the, the good news or the bad news. I'll let you pick that up, buddy. You want to start with the good news or the bad news? Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Bad news. Let's get. Let's get the, let's bad, get the stuff bad news out of, the way. out of the way. All right. Well, the bad news, obviously, is that uh, Danny Salazar could not post up. Uh, continued. Uh, well, they're calling this forearm a forearm issue, but uh, obviously continued issues with his arm. Uh, here in the second half of the season, he had the cortisone shot in the elbow. The thought there was, was that would have him good to go uh, uh, for the, you know, all the way through October. Obviously, that is not the case. Uh, his struggles on the mound have continued, and now uh, we're sitting here on a Monday, uh, early Monday afternoon, awaiting word on, on how uh, significant this is. Salazar flew back to Cleveland without the club, of course. Um, so, Obviously, we don't know the extent of this, but we know it's not good just given his recent history, his overall history. Um, the Indians are going to have to uh, piece things together in this rotation, like Clevenger and Josh Tomlin, uh, both in, in the rotation mix at this point. What do you make of this entire situation, David? Yeah, I mean, by the time uh, fans are listening to this, there should be more information on Indians.com, shameless plug. Um, but it's worrisome just in the fact that kind of like you mentioned, this isn't the first go-round for Salazar with an arm issue. You know, he was held out of the All-Star game uh, with elbow soreness, and his start before the break kind of showed that he wasn't right. He had a stint on the DL with elbow issues in August, and he pitched uh, pretty terribly on either side of that DL stint. And back in June, he had shoulder fatigue, and he skipped a start. So, you know, he got off to a tremendous start this season, was one of the best pitchers in the American League, had a case to actually start the all-star game um, just given his statistics at the time. And now it's just been arm setback after arm setback. And that ERA is ballooned. And as the Indians kind of go to the stretch run and start planning for October, it's definitely uh, a problematic scenario. And I think sort of complicating the, the issue right now is the contingency plans that were in place in April look a whole lot different now. Uh, Josh Tomlin lost his grip on the fifth spot, so he was out of there. Now he's back in with Salazar out for at least a start. Uh, Mike Clevenger started off as one of the the top alternatives, and they put him in the bullpen. So they're now trying to stretch him out as they get closer to October. Um, He was built up to 60 pitches in his last one. Maybe he can get to 80 next time out here in Chicago. You know, and then guys – like Cody Anderson, you know, he's in the bullpen now, so that's not a depth option. You know, so right now they're leaning heavily on Corey Kluber, who is pitching like a Cy Young contender. Carrasco has looked good of late. Trevor Bauer has really picked things up over the last month. So it is promising that you have the first three um, going consistently and performing pretty well. And it is also helpful that once you get to October, you only need four starters. And it's helpful right now in September that they have 72 relievers out in that bullpen so they can do some of these bullpen days and kind of piece together things uh, ahead of a Corey Kluver start where you know you're going to reliably get seven, eight, nine innings from your starter. But, you know, this is not the way we envisioned the rotation being as they started to map things out for the postseason potentially. And the postseason's looking more and more realistic, but there's a whole lot of questions behind that front three I guess the positive there is that the front three 
uh, can pretty much stack up with any other you know, front trio around baseball and still gives the Indians a very good chance in a postseason setting with or without Salazar. Well, nobody claimed uh, this is going to be easy, and uh, it feels like the tone of this conversation is not terribly unlike the, the tone of revolving, uh, survive, yeah, excuse me, surrounding the Michael Brantley uh, right. situation earlier in the year. Um, just obviously this is crunch time now, uh, but you know, to get back to our original point of bad news, good news, the good news, of course, is that the Indians have a stranglehold on this division now. Uh, to yeah. share a business against the Twins over the weekend, they are now 38-18 and 18 against the AL Central this season with a plus-85 run differential in those games. They will finish the year uh, with a winning record against the Twins, which at one point looked doubtful. Uh, they finished 5-1 right. and one against them uh, to take the season series, and uh, they will finish with a winning record against every Central club. Uh, another central club is the Tigers, who are chasing them. They are coming to Progressive Field this weekend. They enter the week with a seven-game deficit, so the Indians can basically nail it down over this weekend if, if they can uh, take care of business against Detroit. But, um, yeah, obviously a, a lot of upheaval in the rotation right now and something the Indians are going to have to work through. I guess the good news, JB, is, is the bullpen is, is deeper. Uh, obviously it's deeper than it was before the Andrew Miller trade, but – um, when, you, when you think about the postseason, um, it, it goes without saying what a weapon Andrew Miller is and how he, he can right. be used in, in high leverage spots at any point. But um, the bullpen really has just overall performed terrific since he came aboard. It's got the second lowest ERA in baseball uh, since the start of August, uh, only behind that of the Royals. Uh, Miller has, of course, been dominant. Cody Allen has not allowed a run in 14 of his last 15 appearances. And, uh, you know, a guy we don't ever really – we haven't really talked about in a, in a while on this podcast is Dan Otero and just right. <laughs> amazing resurgence he's had this year with a 1.30 uh, ERA in 55 games. But I guess overall, when you go into October, you're talking about pitching stats. It's not necessarily about rotation uh, because it does become such a matchup game in the postseason. And um, even without Salazar, the Indians can feel pretty good about their overall pitching uh, and what they can run out there. Yeah, exactly. I think getting Andrew Miller wasn't just good in the sense that you got Andrew Miller because he's obviously a dominant force at the back end, but what it did was it also had a ripple effect through the rest of the bullpen. It's allowed Terry Francona to really match up and align other guys in specific ways. So instead of Brian Shaw purely being your eighth inning arm, you can kind of look at the lineup and figure which segment of the lineup does he match up better against so the presence of Andrew Miller has made Shaw better. It's made Allen better. It's made other guys better, too. And, you know, even some of these young guys they've brought up in September, Percy Garner with the powerful sinker that he has shown, um, a guy like Sean Armstrong who just kind of overpowered AAA hitters this year. You know, they've got some young arms in this bullpen that are taking up some innings and saving some bullets for those main guys, and they're performing well. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons – when, you know, pre-Salazar setback, when Josh Tomlin had to be pulled out of the rotation, you know, they felt comfortable going with bullpen days because they had, you know, some young, talented arms that could fill the gaps, save some bullets for the guys who are going to be really leaned on in the postseason. And you're right, once you get to the playoffs, you can have a shorter hook, you know, with some of your starters in some situations when you have a bullpen that's aligned the way the Indians' bullpen is right now. So that's been a a big blessing, you know, uh, for this team, especially as they start to kind of 
kind of chart things out. So uh, it's been a good turn of events here. I think last I checked, they were 97% to win the division. Um, pretty much, yeah, I think it's a little higher than that to even just make the playoffs. Things are looking good. You know, a lot of fans were panicking after that road trip through Oakland and Texas. Um, the offense was sort of, you know, pretty uh, pretty light hitting through that stretch. I think one or zero runs, six of those seven games, and everyone was really worried. But they won 10 of 13 as we sit here talking right now. Um, they have a seven-game lead with 20 games to play. I mean, the Indians could play 500 ball the rest of the way, and the Tigers would have to go 17 of three just to catch them. They obviously have seven games left against each other, so a lot could happen. But, you know, you're talking a, a near sort of historic collapse for the Indians to lose their grip on this thing. You know, they're not putting the cart ahead of the old horse, but they can definitely start to sniff the finish line. Um, and it's been nice to see after that tough road trip the way the team bounced back and kind of grabbed hold of that, that lead again, pulled away from the pack a little bit. And, you know, now we can start talking about a potential first division title since 2007. So it uh, could be a fun couple weeks here. And potentially they could clinch on the homestand coming up if everything goes uh, exceptionally well over the next few games. That would be pretty exciting for Indians fans. That would. That would. Um, man, whether they clinch it on it. It's over. It's over. And that's coming from a native Clevelander who is accustomed <laughs> to uh, not counting chickens where they're hatched. But this, this, this is over. It's over, JP. Um it's you know, over like when you booked your flights for the World Series in the 2007 <laughs> ALCS? Yeah, much like that. Much like that. Yeah, um, okay. That was not quite as over as it turned out. But uh, luckily, <laughs> Southwest has a forgiving uh, change policy, so that worked out. Um, Mike Napoli, uh, you mentioned the offense, and Mike Napoli was part of that slumber uh, on that, that infamous road trip a couple mm-hmm. weeks back, but he's really reawoken. Geez, are you just... You just think back to over the course of the season. This guy doesn't just hit home runs. He's hit 32 of them, but he hit the longest damn home runs uh, I think we've ever seen in this ballpark and, and elsewhere. Uh, hit another long one in, in Minnesota uh, over the weekend. And, and of course, uh, he, also, he also had the longest foul ball I have ever seen in Progressive Field. Uh, I think it put a dent in, in Quicken Loans Arena, but it's just impressive power from Mike Napoli. Yeah, he does. You know, he really has dropped some jaws with his power display this year. And, you know, he's admitted he kind of is a streaky hitter. We've seen it throughout his career. to go through those droughts. Um, I think the positive through the drought he had this time was he was still getting on base, still seeing a lot of pitches. The power just went away. Um, but after an 89 plate appearance drought, you know, he kind of got that monkey off his back, and now he's starting to hit them in bunches again and getting hot at the right time. Him and Santana, you know, both are over 30 homers now, and you know, he hit one, Napoli, in uh, Minnesota that went to the third deck. Uh, Santana, later in the same series, hit one to right field that bounced in the concourse and may have gone through the fence into the plaza uh, there in Minneapolis. So they're hitting tape measure shots. They're hitting them in bunches. And, you know, that's been a great one-two punch in the middle uh, for this team this year. The Indians went into the year knowing that they were going to have to be a team who ran the bases well, who kind of passed the torch, move things along, and they have done that well. They've statistically been the best base-running team in the American League. I think what the Indians weren't necessarily counting on was that they would also finally, for the first time in you know more than a decade, have a duo that was hitting 30-plus home runs. So that's been great for this team. So not only are you sort of setting the table uh, and moving guys along situationally, but now you've got a guy who can change the game in one swing, and you know it would be fun to see if he uh, 
can actually hit John Adams. He's almost hit John Adams this year. He's come close. See if he can do that before the year's out. Well, I know some opposing players who have wanted to hit John Adams over the years, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, one last thing, JB, really quick. Uh, you know, we went into the season. You and I, I believe, each made our predictions. If somebody from the Indians is going to win the Cy Young, who will it be? I don't quite remember. I know I said Carrasco. I think you may have said Carrasco too. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think either one of us said Kluber. Is my point. It's only because variety is the spice of life. I think we stay away from Kluber, but. Uh, and this changes every couple of days. I'm sure we'll take another look at this the last week of the season, perhaps. But I think as of today, Uber would be my Cy Young. Uh, I don't have a Cy Young pick this year. I got the uh, Rookie of the Year. I don't know what you have, but Kluber right now, best uh, ERA plus and best fielding independent pitching marks in the league. Uh, he's going to surpass 200 innings for the third straight year. He's going to. He's already. Per- yeah, he's already surpassed uh, 200 strikeouts for the third straight year. So looking good for the clue bot. Yeah, exactly. I do have a Cy Young vote. You and it Young. Is, okay. Yeah, I do. And it's, it's, uh, it's killing me because this is, this <laughs> field is really uh, muddied right now. You know, there's not Every a guy who's changes. really, yeah, exactly. So this is a really uh, going to be an interesting race. I think it'll be a close vote, but there's a few more starts for Mr. Kluber to potentially continue to separate himself. I think he has a 2.40 ERA dating back to the start of June. And really, I think when you think of just the context of this was supposed to be one of the best rotations in the American League, it has rated up there that way given all the problems. But, I mean, think about it. Carrasco missed time with injury. Salazar has dealt with injuries all year and has been on the DL. Uh, Trevor Bauer started in the bullpen. Cody Anderson and Josh Tomlin, who both were in the rotation at the start of the year, lost their jobs. Mike Clevenger is a rookie just getting his feet wet in the big league level. You know, they've gone through issues and adversity at every single slot in that rotation except the number one spot. You know, Kluber has continued to be there, continued to log innings, and just sort of been that reliable guy every five days, and and that's huge. And that's a huge reason why, you know, they're in the position they're in right now. So. Yeah, as of right now, you know, he might have the, the edge for the Cy Young race, but, you know, a lot could happen. There's a lot of contenders, Rick Porcello, Justin Berlander, Tanaka. You know, a lot of people have talked about Britain, what he's done this year, um, and there's probably like five more guys I haven't even named that, that should be in the discussion. So it's going to be an interesting race and one I am both looking forward to and dreading uh, voting on before the season's out. All right, there you have it, the latest from Jordan Bastion. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. It's been MLB.com Extra, Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.